Houston has begun rethinking many of its streets. It's making them friendlier to pedestrians, bicyclists, and other people not encased in their cars. But not everybody loves that change. Today, I'm talking about the surprisingly controversial makeover of 11th Street in the Heights. I'm joined by Joe Contrufo, director of Bike Houston, and by CityCast's urban design contributor, Alan West. It's Monday, March 7th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Hey, Joe. Hey, Alan. I have been fascinated by the controversy over 11th Street. It gets at so much of the ways that Houston is changing and also at the occasional pushback against those changes. Joe, what is going on with 11th Street? So to, today, 11th Street is a four-lane strode, or what I like to call a traffic sewer, because it- Wait, wait, wait. Can you explain what a strode is? Is that S-T-R-O-A-D? Sure. Uh, a strode is a street-road hybrid, and not a good one. Kind of takes the worst aspects of a road and the worst aspects of a street and combines them into uh, what we sometimes would call maybe an urban thoroughfare. Um, 11th Street is a really good example. Westheimer, frankly, is a strode. You know, Westheimer uh, probably has more, you know, nightlife and attractions than 11th does, but it's, it's still set up to move traffic. You don't see a whole lot of pedestrian activity, even though it's got a great density of businesses. Yeah, um, the kind of thing that you would expect a street to have. The, the kind of, exactly. The walkable amenities, the place where you want to like walk around from business to business or bike. Or right. So you called 11th Street the way it is right now a traffic sewer? Right, really does one purpose, moving traffic from one place to the next, just like how we design our drainage systems. Four lanes total, two lanes in each direction with narrow sidewalks and uh, no, no shoulder, no bike lanes, nothing like that. What it would change to would be, uh, in, in the eastern section, it would be changed from four lanes to three lanes. So one through lane in each direction for general traffic with a center turning lane. And on the western section, it would be reduced to two lanes uh, total, one lane in each direction, I believe without the center turning lane. And there would be a few other tweaks of some crossing islands across this 11th Street, which is uh, incredibly deadly. So this new plan would make things a lot safer for bikes. Yes, of course. It includes a pair of protected bike lanes. So you have um, bike lanes on either side of the street, um, which would be, I believe, six feet wide with a two to three foot buffer which would include a precast concrete curb, which is like what you would see on um, WA or Commonwealth in Montrose. Alan, could you give us an overview of how the 11th Street makeover fits into the city of Houston's larger plan for streets? I'll do my best. <laughs> as far as I can tell, jolted the city forward, right? And we've started to realize that our bayous are not just storm drains. We've asked them to do more than one thing. Yeah. So yes, we need them to convey water, but we can also do uh, recreational trails and turn them into sort of a multi-purpose space so they can do both those things. Okay, wasn't that happening before Harvey? Right, but this, this impulse, right? It's, it's a sort of, it's Houston's becoming modern, right? right. We, we're, we're, we, we've gone about as far out as we can. And so now we're thinking, oh God, we have all this space. We need to maximize it. And as far as I can tell, that's the same principle that's going on with 11th Street, right? Yeah. We had infrastructure that was really only doing one thing, not doing it very well. In fact, not doing it safely at all. Like 
the one thing that it's it was doing was what supporting cars well it was supporting cars and allowing them to to break the law continuously <laughs> the average speed the city found that people were speeding on yeah. 11th street and it wasn't particularly safe it had a higher than average crash rate uh throughout texas right. for this kind of configuration right and so the city wanted to say well it, it, it it's it's not moving cars all that well and it's only doing the one thing and maybe it should do more than that right. for more people. So I'd feel really safe actually biking on that street. Yeah. I, I mean, so if look, there are people who ride bikes in Houston who feel safe just about everywhere, but they're an incredibly tiny minority. Um, you know, the strong and fearless cyclist is <laughs> a very small segment of the population in Houston. Yeah. So how much worse would it be for those people who do drive cars if 11th Street has fewer lanes for car traffic? I, I would push back on the mm -hmm. on the phrasing of your question. I think <laughs> uh -huh. I, I think I think the question should be asked: How much better will it be most of the time for because, cars? Well, sure, because a street that has two lanes in each direction, uh, these four lane undivided roads, are the least safe streets in Houston. And as Alan mentioned, they have a much much higher crash rate than any type of street, not just in Houston but across the state. Twenty six percent of traffic deaths in Houston take place on four-lane undivided streets. And what are some examples of those streets? So there's 11th Street, Emancipation, San Felipe, Westheimer, um, the list goes on. But there's actually not that many. A lot of our multi-lane thoroughfares are divided. Uh, Richmond, for example, has a median. Elgin has a median. A lot of these streets have medians, and they're safer uh, than the undivided ones. So I think the question we could be asking is, how much safer will this street be once it's redesigned? And the answer is a lot safer. Why wouldn't people like on 11th Street want to change a strode to a street? I mean, this seems like a no-brainer for a place like the Heights that prides itself on quality of life. I think <laughs> people in the Heights actually do want this. Okay. But we're hearing a lot more from the people who don't want this. And this is true everywhere. Um, you know, other than the project proponents themselves or advocates like me, we generally don't hear from the public who is supportive. And that's what we've done at 11th Street to show that, you know, that the myth that the businesses don't want this is, is indeed a myth. Um, Bike Houston, you know, traveled up and down 11th Street and talked with business owners and, you know, many hadn't heard of the, about the project, but those who had were generally supportive. Uh, only one was vehemently against it. And I, I won't name names. <laughs> So I think of businesses in Houston, many of them as being all about parking lots, that they want customers to get to their business, get in and out quickly. But that's not always what they're after, right? Obviously. Well, when your business is... Um, if you're Walmart, it's one thing. Right. If you're a barber shop, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, why should you give so much like leasable space to um, car storage? Right, right. If your clientele is car dependent, then your customer base is limited by the size of your parking lot. And if you're a small business on 11th Street or any of these streets that we have around Houston, um, you know you're really limited by the number of people who can who can shop at your store or eat in your restaurant by the number of parking spaces that you have. But if your clientele is mostly local, which is the case for a lot of businesses on 11th Street, then as long as the street itself 
and the routes to get to that street are safe and attractive for walking and biking, then your customer base is virtually unlimited. So you're not limited by the number of parking spaces you have. And if you have a decent bike rack and if you can have um, you know, decent crosswalks and sidewalks so that people can get around by foot and easily access your business, you can, you can fill your place up. So, Alan, for years you have gotten around without a car, which I have always sort of worried about, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Bike to Work Day a few years ago? Yeah. <laughs> you forbid me to bike to work. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> because I thought you'd get killed. I'm oh. strong and fearless. Yeah. How much difference would changing these strodes into streets and providing better public transit make for someone who's trying to get around without a car? That's a good question. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, I think people who live car free, car less, um, are, are, are kind of the grackles of the city, right? And that, and that we're able to <laughs> subsist on, you know, like day old French fries and, and sort of infrastructural scraps, right? Uh -huh. So whenever we're gift, whenever we're gifted, uh, infrastructure with us in mind, it's kind of an eerie feeling like what is going on? This is great. <laughs> I do think it would, it would make things a lot better, but I, I, it's also much larger than just a live at the street, right? Right. Because it does kind of provide this nice east-west connection. You can get down to Studi Park, get on Wind Oak Bayou, get into downtown. And so it opens up parts of the city to folks who don't live in the Heights. You hear a lot of opposition about changes because we are reactive to change from folks who are immediately in the vicinity. But 11th Street and projects like this don't belong to them. It belongs to someone who might cut through the neighborhood to destinations east or vice versa. Are there parts of Houston that should be copied? Are there particularly good streets that serve as models? What do y'all think? Yes. The Austin Street bike lane is fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, it's this kind of joyful, like, hey, I know you from Twitter. It's like sort of everyone's sort of waving <laughs> at each other as we're passing, you know, lollipops and ice so cream good? in hand. Well, it's just very comfortable. It's very comfortable. Right. You're separated from cars. And it is Midtown. So, you know, Midtown is basically cut through with four or five lane wide roads. And but so, for the most you know, part, there are those conflict points. But for the most part, you're kind of on your own and you're separated and you have that endorphin rush and, you know, the, the, the breeze through your hair. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's exceedingly pleasant. Yeah, I think there's, like Alan said, there's a lot of streets that do one thing and whether or not they do it well, doesn't make for a street that we would want to replicate and, and paste all over the city. Um, I think main street is the best street in Houston, one lane of traffic in each direction, uh, light rail in the middle. I mean, main north of Wheeler, yeah, <laughs> not, not, not main <laughs> head itself. Say, yeah. 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 Main from, from downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For mid Midtown and downtown, Main Street is phenomenal yeah. from an urban form perspective. Uh, it's a great street. Most drivers stay away from it. Um, you know, if you're on a bike, you, you need to take the lane. Um, I think the city could do better when it comes to saying so on Main Street, but you know, it would be great to see um, some, some speed control and some volume control on Main Street so that if you do want to ride a bike on Main Street, you don't have the threat of through traffic. You know, someone coming up behind you 
cars forced to turn right onto, you know, San Jacinto or Fannett or whatever, these, these five lane streets that we have, um, that, that serve to move traffic. So big picture, what should Houston do? How do we change that? (laughs) Don't laugh at me. Come on. (laughs) Well, is it hopeless? Is there hope? Oh yeah, there's hope. No, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope. I think there's a lot. I mean, look at, look at the appointments that Mayor Turner has made in the last few years. Look at the commitments that Mayor Turner has made in the last few years. Locally, we're doing almost everything right. We're undoing, <laughs> undoing a yeah. lot of the, we're, yeah, we're undoing a lot of the things that were done in past years. Um, it's, it's, we're a few steps behind a lot of other cities for a number of different reasons. And have there been missteps in the last few years? Certainly. But when you look at the people who are making uh, or signing off on transportation plans in the city, um, you know, they're not native Houstonians. They're people who have come from elsewhere, people with consulting backgrounds who have seen the light and good things are happening. But to your question, what should Houston do? Uh, the, 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 the bigger problems are beyond Houston's ability to solve. Houston's sort of at the nexus of, of, you know, how, how large, uh, Ford is making new trucks. And the, the MUTCD, the manual, the engineering <laughs> manual that was written by and for, um, able-bodied white men who can cross the four lanes of the street with their long strides, totally different from someone holding groceries or holding a toddler's hand. And so there's all these sort of systemic changes that have quite literally funneled down and shaped Houston the way it's shaped. Street lighting, turn radiuses, yeah. where the crosswalks are, how many street trees are planted. All these decisions factor in to a, a, a sense of, of speed, right? And then there's human behavior, which you can't really change. You can say, please yeah. get a shot. Please wear a mask. Please drive slower. Well, I don't want to, right? And, there's, and, and that's, that's not something that you can solve with concrete or, or a Twitter account. There, there is hope, right? And there are a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things that we, we, need, to, we need to address that are um, seemingly implacable, which is, to me, um, scary and frustrating and um, hard. Yeah. But 11th Street is also like the sign that change can happen. You know, if you go back to it, the change is going to come, at least on that street. I think the opponents of 11th Street, if they were to prevail, I don't think they realize the damage that they would be doing to the city writ large. Because when people who oppose safe streets try to stop a project in their neighborhood, they're emboldening people who would oppose safe streets in other neighborhoods. So I think for the city to be able to continue this good momentum, we need for our elected officials to stand up with their backs straight and by all means, listen to people who oppose these plans and take into consideration, um, you know, those who are trying to negotiate in good faith about their legitimate concerns and to ignore those who are coming at it from a place of, well, where am I going to park? Where are my guests going to park? And I think too, they can change the conversation about, um, even the way we frame these sorts of projects, you know, we don't, we don't need to say that we're taking away a car lane or we're giving this thing a road diet, right? Which sort of implies that there are winners and there are losers when really what we're doing are 
making new choices based on new shared values. You wouldn't have designed this thing in 1960 the way we would design it now. And so um, what we want to see is infrastructure that's reflective of um, the new challenges that we face, which is rising inequality, a climate that's attacking us, an epidemic of, of uh, pedestrian and cyclist deaths, air pollution, right? So here's a choice that allows us to meet some of the goals that we hold pretty broadly. And let's try to get people on board so they can understand how they can benefit too. The way we design our streets is a reflection of our values. And when our streets are designed to move one mode and one mode only, what it says is, here in Houston, we value cars. People, on the other hand, they can stick to the side streets. All right. Well, thank you both for talking with us today. Yeah, this is great. It's nice to be right. <laughs> Aren't you always right? <laughs> no, no, I'm not, apparently. No. Next, I'm here with producer Farrell Gibbs, who can tell us what's going on in Houston. Farrell, what do you got? Hey, Lisa. Well, you may have heard about this over the weekend, but WNBA star Brittany Griner, who is from Houston, was detained in a Russian airport and arrested. She was accused of having in her luggage a vape device and inside that device hashish oil, which is illegal in Russia. Houston Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee made a statement on Saturday and said, anyone that is killing and attacking and destroying Ukraine, a neighboring country that is not bothering them, has no right to hold Miss Griner, period. She was, of course, referring to Putin and his continued attack on Ukraine. Now, according to a statement made by state media in Russia, Brittany Griner was actually arrested there last month. She was playing basketball in Russia, where she makes over $1 million per season, which is four times more than she makes playing here for the Phoenix Mercury. If she is found guilty, she could serve anywhere between five and 10 years in prison. That's it for our show today. If you like what you're hearing, we love it when you rate us on any place where you listen to podcasts. And we would like to say thank you to iTunes user Trouble Ahead, Trouble Behind, who gave us a nice rating and said, glad to have found these microdives into things. Refreshing and professional. Yay, we're professional. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. We've been off to the races the whole time, Farrell, you keep saying it. We're racing.